0: Till shade is gone. Till water is gone. Into the shadow with teeth bared.
1: Screaming defiance with the last breath.
0: To spit in Sightblinder's eye on the last day.
1: By my honor and the light.
0: My life will be a dagger for Sightblinder's heart.
1: Until the last day.
0: To, to Shile ghoul itself. itself. This is a Dagger for Sight Blinder, a podcast focused on all things Wheel of Time, with your hosts
1: Sarah Lucas
0: and Adam Tricola. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of A Dagger for Sight Blinder. May you find shade this day. Sarah? Sarah? Adam? (laughs) Uh, Are you there? (laughs) <laughs> okay you are i uh, did sorry i jeez <laughs> i was gonna say something stupid like i couldn't see you with all that shade like but
1: can't see in the shade
0: no i wasn't gonna say that hmm. how, how your shade situation
1: i think i think it's okay how's yours
0: that's pretty good i, I reckon perfect I don't know. I don't know what it's just a funny thing. Like we're we we've had this is what episode 18. Yeah. and so we've been doing this for a while actually. And you still haven't really met the Iael. I know. But you you'll meet them at least in part in this book. So right, right. And then and then book four is just you, you take the plunge.
1: I know. I can't wait. I'm so excited.
0: Yay. <laughs> Me too, actually. Uh, that being said, so we're, we're covering the the book three now. We finished book two.
1: Mm-hmm. So we're into The Dragon Reborn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're going to stick to doing 10 chapters at a time.
0: I suppose we will. Uh, one thing I'll point out is... This has one of my all-time favorite scenes in *Olive of Wheel of Time*. This book. This book has one of my favorites. Yep. Right.
1: Not necessarily these ten chapters, but this book in general.
0: Correct. Yeah. So. Yeah, these ten chapters. Not, not, not yet. Um, I'm wondering if they'll be in the. They'll either be in the next ten or the ten after. <laughs> or the ten after. <laughs> or, uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> cool. It, it's somewhere in there
0: there are there are tens of chapters in this book so <laughs> um,
1: yeah. no i really like this book so far
0: how far did you get before we decided to kind of re start reading along with again with the great hunt
1: um i think i was maybe halfway through give or yeah, take. That,
0: that's that's pretty vague especially with the give or take at the end that that i know useful information
1: well sorry i know that i got to your favorite part
0: Mm -hmm. you did
1: um and And you weren't you weren't
0: that impressed i was kind of (laughs) sad
1: i was just surprised that that was your favorite part um and i think i got like three or four chapters after that before we decided to switch gears
0: you're being surprised that that's my favorite part is pretty good. Trolling, I like it. <laughs> uh, uh, I,
1: thought,
0: uh, I thought we got done with our roster roasts for the day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we did not. Um, yeah, no, I just I, I'm pretty sure maybe not halfway, that might be too far. Hmm.
0: So, so let's, it doesn't matter, actually, because we're gonna, we're gonna get there pretty quick. Um, Yeah, yeah, for sure. So today, we're gonna talk a little bit, it looks like you had found some show news for us. I did. And then uh, I I wanted to ask you a question before this, uh, just an impromptu question. Mm. Um, so here, I'll, I'll let your subcon, I'll tell you, I'll ask you the question now Then we can skip to the show news and then mm-hmm. you can answer the question so that you have just a little bit of mental time to prepare. Okay. Um, so far, it, like in the last two books mm-hmm. that the not counting today and all none of the stuff that we've, we're going to cover in, in book three, Uh, like what's your, what what's what your favorite scene or what's one of your favorite scenes so far?
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Mm. Okay.
0: So let's, and I don't actually, I, it just occurred to me to ask that. I'll have to, I'll have to come up with something too, because I'm not, I'm not one. I think I know, but yeah. So okay. tell us the news. What news yeah. do you have, Sarah? I, I don't know this news. So.
1: So this isn't specifically Wheel of Time news, but it's interesting. Um. So there is a rumor circulating that Amazon and Sony are looking to do a God of War TV series together. Um, which I'm sure everyone is super excited for. However, the 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 big thing is that the rumor for the show r- runner that they want in this would be Rafe Judkins, which would mean if he is the showrunner for real time and it's theoretically getting pulled to do God of War. Can he Mm -hmm. do both, essentially, is the question. Um, And this is so, so early on. Like, the rumor is so vague um, that I don't think he would be leaving anytime soon if it was to happen. Um, But he would, theoretically, be pulled off of Wheel of Time and we'd have a different showrunner. So would that affect how things are moving forward and how things are being portrayed because you have someone who says he is a a massive fan of the series and is trying to do it Mm -hmm. justice
0: oh yeah i think i think that that's that's the thing that i was thinking was I, i don't know i don't in terms of just the the madness that goes on in hollywood of you know people entering new projects, leaving projects, you know, having someone else come in and help, getting credit for things they didn't do, Mm -hmm. uh, things or not getting credit for things that they are like mostly responsible for. It's, it's all just this huge morass to me, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, uh, I just have to think, I I mean, I guess there's two things. Number one, I'm sure there's more talented people out there than him because Wheel of Time I think could have been, it could have been like done better i think it could have been right uh, be, i mean i enjoyed it i did enjoy it and some of the episodes i was like oh that was perfect and i th- i think though the show the show might have been produced better as something i don't know if it would have been as lovingly crafted though as thoughtful like i i would gar, i almost guarantee that he's he's one of the most thoughtful guys about this show like he really wants it to succeed he's he's taken the time to put together what eight seasons or six mm-hmm. seasons something like that mm-hmm. together uh like and he's pl- plotted out the story pretty pretty in-depth what i hear and so i mean i don't know how many other people would really do that M- maybe all of them but right uh, i don't know it just seems seems like he's we would be missing it like we'd notice his his absence certainly
1: yeah that's what i mean so it's it's definitely something i think that people will want to know if it happens it's so early that i can't if if this were to be a thing i don't see it happening before you know potentially season three or four being you know wrapped in on the air like i don't think it would be moving that quickly. Okay. Personally. I That's could be fair. I could be wrong.
0: You totally could. You could. In fact, you probably are.
1: Um, there was another little bit of news. <laughs> Hashtag
0: default. Right uh, ahead.
1: That I didn't even put in there. They are in Morocco right now. The cast is in Morocco right now, filming mm-hmm. season two still. Um, so they're on location filming in the desert which is interesting um but they are apparently going to be there for another two months filming so if that takes you till the end of april give or take and you would theoretically have to edit do post-production possibly Mm -hmm. any reshoots that is cutting it close for a for a late 2022 premiere
0: i think that they need to actually put some distance between them and wheel of time or sorry and and lord of the rings
1: right instead of having it just be one after the other
0: well because yeah i mean think of it like uh like you i remember i was at a piano recital once i used to play piano when i was Mm -hmm. a kid and uh I remember I, I was actually one of the better students, one of the more one of the more adept uh, students, um, and you know I, I was good. I'd been playing for seven years or whatever, and uh, my the piano instructor put me in the, war, the worst spot, like the like her star pupil, just the, this amazing, you know, this paragon of of talent and stuff. And they, you know, they she put she put him in front of me. Mm -hmm. and and she was like oh well he's been doing it for less time so you know you get you get seniority or whatever but it just made me sound like crap was about to happen like he he went up and wowed everyone they're like oh my gosh he's so good and I I went up there and stumbled my way through my through my piece and Mm. and everyone was like oh well like if I had gone at the very start Mm -hmm. people would have been like oh that wasn't bad. Like I've never been, I've never had pretensions to be this great musician, but you know, I I practiced enough. I was, it was a good song. I I was, you know, I knew my, I knew my business and I, so I could do it, but it suffered greatly in comparison to this guy who was way out of my league talent wise, just because he's been playing for less time. Doesn't mean we were anywhere near each other in terms of, and he's, and I've like dragged my feet. I hated practicing and, you know, you, Right. She was like, he practices two and a half hours a day. I'm like, I want to, I don't know. How about,
1: <laughs> right, I was going to say something, but. But you anyways. theoretically would have like a show coming and airing that has a massive, massive budget. And you right. know, it's going to look like if you have a budget that large, like, you know, they're putting in the effort to make it be amazing. Um,
0: right. Uh, you know, and then. And- there's no guarantee, but, but right. yeah, like the right. potential is there to just, even if Wheel of Time continues and you know, they get season threes, you know, season, whatever, like it's not going to get as much money and it's probably not going to have the, the amount of talent and mm-hmm. yeah, like Lord of the Rings could make Wheel of Time just look like a really crappy, like, oh, wow. like. Really? That's is that fantasy? What? What even is that? Those are troll locks. What? <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. right so putting putting a little bit of distance there might not be a bad thing. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. It's a good point. Mm, thanks. Um. Okay. So that that's it. That's all I found. So, okay. So what's again. your favorite?
0: What's your favorite scene?
1: Oh yeah. Okay. Um. Okay, so when you asked me, the first scene I thought of was when the group was in Shadar Logoth in book one, and they meet Mordeth. Oh, you liked that part? Okay. I loved that part. That was like, I don't know why. I don't know why I keep going back to Mordeth, but.
0: It kind of, I think it had Harry Potter vibes. It was,
1: it was so well done. And I think that was probably one of the first parts that really hooked, like really, really hooked me. Um, yeah. And I, like, you knew there was something off, but you didn't know what it was. So yeah, I think that's probably one of my favorite scenes so far.
0: Cool. I, I would have never guessed that actually. I, I have always thought that that, that whole part was just kind of weird. Oh man, I loved it. Did you think that the show did justice to it, in your no. opinion?
1: No. Okay,
0: that's fair. I mean, they didn't spend that long in it. They didn't. Um, I think my favorite is when Rand fights the Blade Master. He fights Turok at the end, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it—you know—he's—he's he's finally like he's been wearing a blade, his his hair and Mark blade for so long. And so many people have asked the question, have you earned the blade? Have you done, like, do you deserve it? Like, it belongs with you, but do you, you know, you wear it well. Do you deserve it? And he finally earns it. He's finally the blade master. And he is, like, he he finally, he becomes, you yeah. know? And, yeah. and then I'll, just a little bit after that, he has his, like, Jesus moment, kind of, of, like, of, of a dark friend confessing to him and he mm-hmm. like redeems him. He's like, yeah, like you do what you need to do. You're forgiven my son kind of thing. Like, it's not quite that, but you know, he, he even gets ritualistic about it. Like he, it's just cool to see he's everything. It's the culmination of everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was a good, that was a good scene. A particular, particularly that, that moment with, um, Ingtar yeah
0: yeah i'd forgotten entirely actually um until this reread that Inktar was a dark friend
1: mm-hmm.
0: like uh, you go through the whole series and you, you're like i almost forgot who yngtar even was frankly like it's just so distant once mm-hmm. once you get 15 books in you're like <laughs> what happened to book two again
1: <laughs> like what
0: you look at what the cover this? you're like oh loyal was in there apparently all right <laughs>
1: Yep. Uh, cool. Okay. So, do we want to talk about the book?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I guess we'll have news next week or something for everyone on if of what what our transition stuff mm-hmm. is going to be like.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll figure that out.
0: It'll have to be soonish that we figure that out. So, mm-hmm. all right. So the book.
1: Yeah. So anything fair fair game for spoiler warning um prologue to chapter nine of the dragon reborn but we could talk about anything from the first two books as well
0: yeah we can cool 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 cool
1: Cool. um okay so the prologue fortress of the light this prologue i actually i don't want i don't want to say like i really enjoyed it but i did like that it was a a um uh children of light point of view prologue like it it gave you a little bit of a more insight if that makes yeah. sense. yeah
0: well you know? we we learned we learn about pedro niall mm-hmm. and yeah he's he's, he's fun really- I he's guess.
1: Just, yeah. So he, they're him and Bayer are basically talking about, you know, the dragon reborn and Rand. And, you know, I, they don't specifically call him Rand, but they're talking about him and whether or not he's a false dragon and um, all that. And uh, Bayer believes him to be a false dragon He's saying, you know, like Bornhold was killed thousands of children of the light were killed um and it was because of the eyes that and they were being supported by dark friends um which i believe Lame. he's he's alluding to this sean chan or dark friends um yeah so which is which is interesting uh, mm-hmm.
0: no it is so what one thing that that just really uh, i think it's a very interesting thing they they Kind of really pointed out a few different times of uh, like to the people on this side of the ocean at least the if, if you can channel the one power then mm-hmm. then you are Isidai it's it's uh, they're synonymous right if you can channel then you're Isidai and so they like even naive who's been in the tower who's met Aes Sedai knows all you know she's in, in the other book she's like and they have Isidai fighting for them right you know, at first at least, and then eventually they kind of learned to make the distinction, but like the, the white cloaks who hate everyone who can channel because of what it stands for, of how, you know, it's the, using the power that, that created the world and, you know, it's using it for abomination things and whatever, but, you know, everyone who channels is by definition to them, a dark friend, uh, they're like, oh yeah, okay, so the, 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 Witches of Tarvalen are helping, you know. Right. They're right. they're there, like they're, they're part of the Shan Chan mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, and then I thought what was really interesting. in this is Buyer blames Parent on every for everything. Uh huh. Says he's like the lead dark friend. You know. um yeah. He is. What a douche. Right. Um, but we do get another another character comes in, Carradine. Yeah. Um, well, and and he's he's
0: the he's the dick who was making Bornhall do things he didn't want to do. Right. So he was right. in book two, kind of just like kind of in the shadows, like a little minimally. Bit. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. But yeah, he he comes in and is like, "Oh yeah, dark friends are they're they're all behind Rand and che- like cheering for this." false dragon this dragon reborn um and the he's given this like task by Pedro nile to to find Rand, but like he doesn't want him killed like you know we just got to find him um and he essentially says something along the lines of like make sure he's not killed or all or you you'll be dead within a month or something right. ridiculous um which is And I I didn't realize that they would turn on each other in that kind of way.
0: Well, that the White Cloaks' word would threaten each other. Yeah. Kind of.
1: Like, to get things done. I guess it makes sense in a
0: weird way, but... I mean, he's kind of... Pedro Niles not happy with Carradine.
1: Yeah. Yeah, which obviously, you know, makes sense. It's just very... Interesting, especially like I don't know. I feel like if you Bornholz dead, and you're talking about how thousands of other children of the Light are dead, and then you're gonna threaten to kill another one, like wouldn't your numbers be running a little low at this point? Or are there really that many of them that you could just dispose of people who aren't up to snuff?
0: Well, I kind of think that Pedro Niall would be fine with just killing K- just Karadin right. at least because he's not sure if he's loyal to him for good reason actually mm-hmm. but
1: right.
0: yeah i think he's like well you're capable you know you're a mm-hmm. capable leader but like i don't know i i know that i know that when as a supervisor and stuff back uh you know when i was when i was in a role as a supervisor i would always rather have someone who worked hard right. than someone who like just didn't perform but had a lot of talent and I mean I know I wouldn't like kill someone who didn't who didn't you know actually work hard for me <laughs> or something but at the same time I mean uh, it's kind of the same principle like it's like what good are you doing for me if if I can't trust you and you're just doing your own thing like you're just going to especially for a, an organization this rigid of like they have to be kind of fanatical in their hatred like they have they have extreme like there's a lot of sentiment involved in their policy Yeah, really like you know they they have to whip whip themselves into a frenzy the other thing that they kind of allude to here though is like they're kind of the the white cloaks are basically in charge of the country they're in of amador right like there's the king of amador but he just does what Pedro nile says right um so they've got a lot of people
1: yeah um, okay, but then we we end up switching points of view, so we get Kerrigan's point of view, and he, you know, he's leaving, he goes to his room, um, and there's a Merdral there, just, you know, hanging out.
0: Yeah, just chilling, chilling the, in the shadows. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and, and, you know, is reminding him of his actual priorities from the, from the Great Lord of, of the Dark, or whatever they refer to mm-hmm. him as um so shocker on his loyalty um and you know and he's
0: he's bores from the prologue in book two i think
1: Mm, i did not make that connection that makes more sense yeah uh,
0: they don't go out and just spell Mm -hmm. it out for you but it's yes that makes a lot of
1: sense yeah um but yeah the 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 task that he's been given is to kill rand
0: Well, and this is, that's why just, just as a side note, this is why like he, so Boris is out there doing the things that the, that the dark one is telling him to do. Right. And that's why Pedro Niles pissed because he's not doing the things that Pedro Niles sent him out to do.
1: Right. Exactly. So now it's like, well, what do you do? Because essentially like they're both threatening him. They're both saying like, you got, you got to do what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah so who who do you follow
0: yeah yeah like do you yeah it's 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 such a crap situation for keratin yeah but well, screw him because he's a child he's part of he's a child of the light and he's a dark friend like can you get worse there are say, there worse humans out there
1: <laughs> well i was gonna say like yeah it's, it's a bad situation but i mean he put himself in it yeah don't I'm, don't really have that much pity for you not much no all right um okay so chapter one waiting which is exactly what happens. so Perrin is which by the way I love this we get so many Perrin point of view chapters so Perrin point of view um Tim mm-hmm. and Uno and Sima and they're you know there's a couple other soldiers with them they're all waiting there's a woman who's supposed to be coming to meet Moraine and they're all waiting for her and Perrin's noticing that he's using his wolf senses more um and he's trying to you know block that part out so he's just trying to disconnect from that um and this this woman eventually shows up Leia who you know mentions Moraine's name she's there for Moraine and she's talking about how she just she didn't know how she knew to get to that place she just knew that if she went this way it would work out this is an
0: example of something that like you don't really have much evidence of this kind of thing happening Mm -hmm. in the rest of like this is like this weird nebulous use of the power where it's like okay marine has some kind of tenuous way of communicating and then you don't really ever see this again
1: okay so this isn't like a Tveran thing this is gotcha
0: but they, i mean they're attributing it to the power i think right well because moraine's not just gonna say oh hey like we're gonna just like hope that a Taviran comes in you know finds us in this random like path like or this this little hidey hole that they're all in
1: mm-hmm.
0: i would think I don't know. Mm. um yeah so that's
1: that's the chapter
0: yeah so it's
1: nothing nothing crazy
0: did so they talk to leah uh what happens what happens with um is it the next chapter where they talk to men and you get to see the yeah. viewing
1: yeah okay so in chapter two siding they they end up going to the camp like they take leah to the camp and she wants to go uh she wants to go find Marine right away Um, and this is where Min has the viewing. So she, she has a viewing of, of Leah having a Leah, Leah, whatever, having a violent death. And she says like, you know, she could see her, her face over her shoulder and like Mm -hmm. her eyes were, she was completely covered in blood and her eyes were staring blankly and all that. So that's, uh, yeah, she's got that lovely viewing going on, um, but we learn like Rand and moraine are fighting they're bickering back and forth and um perrin ends up talking to rand because rand's upset and he quotes this prophecy back to to perrin about being marked by herons like and now Mm -hmm. i i just remember it because he makes like a notable like it's very obvious that he's talking about how he's got these two hair marks on his on his hands now. Um, so yeah, and he, you know, Rand's trying to control the sighting, pulling at him, and Perrin's blocking out the wolves some more. And Matt's off in Tarvalon, or so Perrin thinks. Completely forgot that Matt went on his own separate little way at the end mm-hmm. too
0: separate little so separate, dismissive
1: separate little way separate little side quest
0: yeah 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 it's uh, hmm. yeah so they're they're separated right No, like the the teveran who have all been together at least in the same approximate geographical location now are are all they're separated now a little bit mm-hmm. at least and Mm -hmm. soon to be a little bit more even Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but Uh, you have you have to feel sorry for rand here frankly like he's just feeling frustrated like yeah all these people want to swear for you know they've sworn for him already they've declared for him and then they're, they're getting killed in his name and he can't do anything
1: yeah exactly um Okay, so then in the next chapter, news from the plane. So Perrin's still, you know, disconnecting from the wolves as much as he can. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Maureen kind of explains to the to the group that Almouth Plain is in absolute chaos. White cloaks are there, they're pushing people out. Um, they're, you know, the hunt for the horn is still happening and people are hunting for it and they're obviously not gonna find it because it's already been found. Um And there are three boys there who look familiar to to Rand or similar to Rand and they've been killed. Um, So it's just a whole bunch of turmoil, which I'm a little bit annoyed. Can I just say about this? Because her and Rand are obviously like disagreeing about things and how to handle things. And she's explaining this and I can understand why she's giving the information. But you know, Rand feel so awful already it's kind of like she's just pouring salt in the wound at this point like i can't imagine how making the point to say that you know three people who look like you have been killed like how does that help
0: so i think i think what she's saying though is that someone's trying to assess like i feel like this is a bigger point actually i don't I think that she's telling him that someone's trying to assassinate him, but very quietly. Right. And that what the White Cloaks are doing doesn't make sense because Caridin's doing both things. He's trying to find, he's trying to follow what Pedra Nile has
1: mm-hmm. said,
0: uh, but then he's he's sending he's sending people in to kill people who look like Ran
1: mm-hmm.
0: on the, you know, just like really quietly so that he doesn't, so Pedro Nile doesn't nail him to a wall or something.
1: Right. And I can kind of see like i can see that point Mm -hmm. but i also like to think that like isn't it obvious if you're the dragon reborn and you announce that you're the dragon reborn and people are swearing their loyalty to you isn't it kind of obvious that people would be trying to kill you
0: i don't know i think it's just a weird thing that the white cloaks are acting one way but right. publicly and secretly doing a different thing i think that that's it's an intrigue thing that that moraine is pointing out right. i mean she's not but she's not too good like she she definitely she's definitely not above being kind of a, a bee here like right. a, in because some of her chapters like she she like mocks lan she does all kinds of fun stuff so right
1: Um, And she she does say, too, like, she's worried or concerned that Rand is going to alert any fades that are nearby to his presence if he's, you know, accidentally channeling or whatever, using siding.
0: Oh, yeah. He tried to channel something, mm -hmm. didn't he? While he was talking to Perrin and something weird happened, like they they had like a minor landslide or something.
1: Yeah. There's like a a earthquake that ends up happening a little while or a little ways away um and so she's you know basically saying that kind of thing is going to alert them to where you are um which is a fair point i will give her that absolutely yeah um okay so then in the next chapter your your favorite thing happens we get some dreams
0: (laughs) and this time parents in the dream
1: yeah so it's shadow sleeping is the chapter um but he he basically dreams that he's in this inn where this this man is there um and this man is trying to convince him to you know stop what he's doing and go back to being a blacksmith again um which he says no and you know he wants to give parent a drink and parent says no and he ends up telling the man that he's to um and then all of a sudden you know How dreams are you're in front of a in another area and he's in front of a mirror and he's got all this armor on and a helmet um it's like in the shape of a lion's head and he's holding his axe Mm -hmm. um, and feels like his axe has been he's been with his axe in hundreds of battles which is interesting um and then there's a woman in his dream offering him a drink again and he's refusing and she's like oh well i'll just be in your dreams like you can't get rid of me type thing (laughs) creepy Uh, super creepy um and then parent is on like a staircase of sorts it's not it's this was just a really weird i mean i guess it's a dream so it makes sense that it's weird but there are men there arguing and a third man shows up and they're arguing and this wolf appears and then parent ends up seeing this sword in the air above him that he just it's like a crystal sword and he can't he can't get to it and then he wakes up yay dreams yay dreams literally the entire chapter is his dream
0: all right let's go to the next chapter
1: yeah okay (laughs) so (laughs) nightmares walking so he wakes up and the camp is now under attack like of course it is right yeah so there's like Trollocs and Murdral and everyone's getting attacked. Um, so he, you know, shoots up and grabs his axe and runs into battle as he, as he does. And he's, uh, his immediate thought, I, I'm, if I'm remembering right, is to try to get to Leia because of what Min said about mm-hmm. her having a violent death to try and save her. Um, which doesn't work in his favor because Leia dies from a Merdral.
0: Well, I think she drives, she drives so bravely and and stupidly at the same yeah.
1: time. Yeah. Like he's, you know, he's going after this merge roll and she jumps up on it or tries to jump up on it to try to, tries to grab it. his
0: legs. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And he just essentially backhands her in this ridiculous, like he doesn't even take his eyes off of Perrin.
0: Yeah. He just casually kills her with his, you know, with his sword. Yeah. He swats her aside and goes on to the actual threat
1: yeah <clears throat> um so she's died a violent death which i i mean I'm, maybe we'll learn this later but this this whole thing so she she dies and it enrages parent and he just goes on this bloody rampage starts killing murdral and trollocs and just yeah keeps,
0: and he just keeps going and the, the wolves have come in too. Mm-hmm. Like so mm-hmm. the, the battle is joined, you know, and the, the Shinarans are fighting. Some of them are naked, but they've got their swords. And that, you know, the and he's wait, like the wolves are like, hey, we're coming. We're gonna right. come and kill the we're gonna come and kill these Trollocs too and mergel because we hate them.
1: Right. Which, which is cool. Yeah. So that that's fun. Um and then he, he obviously like is injured during all of this. Cause I don't think he can go on a rage and not be, but Moraine ends up healing him afterwards and she's healing a few other people. And um, Rand was, is kind of essentially venting to Perrin about how he, he tried to channel during it. And all he could just do was basically light a couple of trees on fire because you know, he's also while he's trying to channel, he's also mm-hmm, trying to yeah. fight off Sidene C- C- Siding taking over and consuming him and making it worse and him accidentally hurting somebody else or whatever. Right. Um and this was kind of sad, and, you know, parents regretting that he was cutting himself off to the wolves because think he knows he would have he would have gotten warning earlier on about a potential threat if he hadn't cut them off.
0: Right. Well, yeah. I, I mean, this is, this is the thing he he's, he's very introspective. Yeah. You know, he's, he's always thinking about what, what his role in all this stuff should be, you know, mm-hmm. what, what should he, should he, you know, there's certain things that he likes about, about this. Like very clearly he likes to use the long, his long sight, his far sight, his you know, ability to hear all, all these cool things. Uh, but at the same time like how how much influence is he okay with the wolves having on his life
1: right yeah exactly exactly and like oh it's just it's just a little bit sad poor parent
0: well he doesn't know what to do
1: right that's the thing and like he's just figuring it out on the fly by himself
0: which I think that's the most sad part is like there's no one he can really like talk to about it.
1: Right.
0: You can't really trust Moraine, really. I no. Mean, you no, can't I... blame the Emmons Fielders for just like wanting to stay away for the most part. Hmm.
1: Hmm. Um. Okay. So the next chapter, <laughs> the hunt begins. Um. Yeah. So. Perrin wakes up the next day, Lan wakes him up and is like, oh, Rand's gone. He left in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, after Moraine's healed him, he's also finding himself to be hungrier and wanting raw meat, which is interesting because he's been interacting with these wolves again since this this Mm -hmm. battle. Anyway, and this is just, there's just so many great dynamics here because you have. Perrin being upset and then Rand's taken off and Land's like oh like Rand's gone and then Masima is is concerned because he's thinking that they did something to make Rand mad Um, and that's why Rand left and they're like nah this is this is what he was planning all along and he did leave a note explaining that you know he's not going to let more people die for him so he's just going to run away
0: may as well right which
1: I don't see how that fixes the problem (laughs)
0: Yeah, right so uh, this this story is really interesting because a lot of the a lot of things happen and mm-hmm. you don't really see Rand's point of view very much and when you do it's it's kind of this fever dream kind of situation of like he's got he's he's got you know definite goals and, and stuff things mm-hmm. he's thinking but it's not necessarily it doesn't make a ton of sense right right
1: yeah it's uh yeah, because like we're still like all of these chapters so far have been Perrin's point of view. So you mm-hmm. really don't know what Rand's thinking aside from what he's telling Perrin.
0: Right. Well, and now he's gone. Yeah. And he's- yeah, the Shinarans are such an interesting group too because they've all sworn to Rand, but now they've been abandoned by him. But they mm-hmm. actually belong to, I mean, they're, they're Shinaran, they're, they're, they're the liegemen of, of a different country. Like, right. Just a very interesting situation for them, and and Moraine's like, oh, you guys can just like peace out. We don't we don't need you guys.
1: <laughs> right. She does, however, point out, and I thought this was was a good. She didn't make it. This is a good point. It's like the seals on the Dark One's prison are weakening and breaking, Um, and like there could be Forsaken that are waiting for Rand and hunting for Rand as well. Mm-hmm. So, he's not the safest being on his own
0: no pretty
1: much at all
0: pretty much at all you're right right. yeah Uh,
1: yeah yeah yikes um but we do learn or they learn that rand's dreams are basically being like broadcast to the others Mm -hmm. um so they're able to figure out that he's going to tear and you know she moraine <coughs> wants min to go to tarvalon to keep the admiral and seat in the loop of what's happening and where rand's gone and then her and perrin and everyone else will go find rand essentially um but min has another she has like a triple viewing here um and tells perrin about it and she she mentions to him that she she saw an Min in a cage and a Tuatha twat the one with a sword um and she also saw a falcon a female falcon and a female hawk perched on his shoulders
0: um and i know what that one means at least
1: yep i i i thought it was interesting that they that she made the distinction that they're female um Mm-hmm. that's what i i noticed i was like okay like because you could just say a hawk and a and a falcon are on your shoulder but she made it a point to point out that they're female ones um anyway but then she also tells him that if he's were to see the most beautiful woman that he's ever seen to just like run away have no interaction with her mm-hmm. and like it causes this whole it's such a humorous scene of Perrin thinking that she's saying this because she has feelings for him and he's like oh like i don't i don't i view you as a sister kind of thing like i care for you or whatever and she just completely is like you're an idiot and that's when he realizes that she is actually in love with rand um, Yeah. but it's just this really humorous lighthearted back and forth um that also considering i just call it lighthearted, is pretty aggressive from min's standpoint but
0: I mean, I think she she's not very nice about it. She's did not. She, call him, she called him a of wooden headed wonder or something like that. I forget
1: something ridiculous, basically saying stupid.
0: Yeah. Um, oh. I, I and I think it made sense. Like a lot of the things I, I paid attention to what she said to him mm-hmm. and stuff. It seemed like it made sense to me, but
1: right i mean i could understand where he would draw this correlation she's mm-hmm. telling him not to interact with any women that he finds beautiful like you could see why he would he would think this
0: well there, there's other interactions too between them that lead up to it beforehand like the you know talking to him just mm-hmm. to, the things she said to him but in you know in regards to you know leah and i mean all of their interactions at the start of the book a lot of you know there are a lot of things that could kind of hint that direction and then you know it turns out he's he was wrong but he came to the right conclusion pretty
1: quickly yeah he did afterward like pretty much immediately yeah yeah um okay so chapter seven the way out of the mountains so there's not a lot in this one. Perrin and, and the group are essentially just r- riding. They're riding for months and months. It's now spring. Like they're looking for Rand, um, and you know we get a lot of of introspection from Perrin and how he feels like Moraine Ma- is manipulating him. He doesn't want to help her, but she's manipulating him to do it, and he doesn't want to yeah. be controlled by her which is also a really great um i found that to be like a really interesting feeling because he's saying he doesn't want to be controlled by her and in the last book you had rand freaking out that he didn't want to be a puppet for for the eyes to die so it's they seem to be having these not that i think perrin is making that that harsh of a connection and saying that he's going to be a puppet but he doesn't want to be under her thumb
0: no he doesn't um so one thing i do want to point out i don't i think i think that it's more of a more of a symbolic change uh, mm-hmm. uh like it's they're not they're not riding for months i think it's like i think that it's it feels like winter in the mountains and then they mm. ride down and it's it's spring there because they're in the you know
1: so this is um i don't know if this is a spoiler or not if you can tell me this because this is the one thing that I have noticed is it is very hard for me to distinguish how much time is actually passing in this, and it feels like they literally. And I don't know if this is because of like I'm essentially reading the books back to back. Um, it feels like they just left, you know, Twin Rivers. Rivers, yeah, uh, like two months ago. Like it feels like this whole thing has only been two months, and it's obviously been much longer than that. Um, but like, I guess my question is: Is there a length of time that the whole that all the books take place across? Like is say, are we talking like a decade?
0: So I think, I think at the end of all of it, um, at the end of everything you, you get like the, it's been like two and a half years or something.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. That's not that bad.
0: I I believe that it's not, it's not much different from that at the very least.
1: Okay. Cause I'm like, I don't, I don't know how long it's been. And sometimes it feels like it's been maybe a month and at other times like, oh, they've definitely been gone for like a year okay so
0: yeah i mean i and here's here's the the truth of it like uh when brandon sanderson took over the series writing Mm -hmm. the series he wrote the last the final three books like he spent a long time actually like figuring out where they were time frame wise because Mm -hmm. Uh, like at the end of what so he wrote books 12 13 and 14 I right. believe but at the end of book 11 like there were there were a couple storylines that were actually a, a couple months apart from each other
1: right so he had to now make them catch up to each other
0: right he needed because certain events required characters to come together and it's like well uh, that doesn't quite work because so and so is actually already done like they've been around they've been doing things for two months well this person has been struggling through this you know so right so i I think that robert jordan messed with the timeline a little bit and i don't think he wants us to have it all spelled out for us
1: okay that's fair i don't i didn't know if it was relevant it just feels like it's been it feels like it's been longer than it has been i guess so one thing i'll
0: say oh go ahead
1: i was just gonna say if you had asked me how long it had been since they left the two rivers i would say at least a year at this point in the storyline
0: so one thing that they that i i'll just tell everyone who's listening uh, because this is a podcast and i want people to listen to things i say but um <laughs> that's that's how that works apparently but <laughs> here's here's the thing though uh pay attention to the seasons because okay. that that's that's one of the narrative the ways he goes he he goes about talking about uh these the different changes in like the weather patterns and the the different seasons like the dark one can exert his will over them to a certain degree mm-hmm. and so there'll be a lot of mention of you know man this summer's lasting too long or right. you know this winter like when will it stop uh, but you can also gauge that the amount of time that has gone by by how much uh a, like by these seasons you can't tell by months but you can say like oh like they even did it in the great hunt where mm-hmm. they they left carrion and they did the little portal thing and then they they had traveled but it took them three months and it was suddenly fall it was autumn right then and so so it was autumn when they entered the falma area and now mm-hmm. they've they've spent like the winter in those mountains and now it's spring so
1: right
0: and then what time was Belt- Beltine is like in the spring in the two rivers. So maybe it has been about a year.
1: Okay. So not too crazy.
0: Yeah. I, I think, you know, most of a year has gone okay. by. It seems like. Cool.
1: Um, okay. So this chapter ends with them entering Jara though. They enter this little village. Jara. Mm-hmm. And that's it.
0: Yay, Jara. Yay.
1: Yay. Um, okay, so chapter eight is shockingly called Jara. Uh so he Perrin, we're still on Perrin's point of view, um, thinks that he's I thought this was interesting. He thinks he smells something wrong, but he doesn't know what it is.
0: Oh, let me just rewind for just a sec. I thought that the I thought that the scene with Moraine and Perrin and Loyal, like Loyal's Mm -hmm. been there the whole time with them, and they teach her how to catch fish. And oh yeah. I just, I don't, I don't know if I like Moraine better or not. Like she, she just is a frustrating person to me Mm -hmm. because I can relate with Perrin on a lot of levels. Like she's not, she's making him do all the chores and she's, she's like acting like she's so much better than them. Like there's, Karen's like okay like here I'll show we'll show you how to do this sure you know like here's how to catch fish the fish with your hands tickle them out the ledge and everything and then she's just she, she clearly uses the power to catch some fish right which and is aren't fine. they like
1: like the biggest fish or whatever you know, something yeah, ridiculous
0: they're, yeah they're they're really big like they're big enough to actually feed everyone um, right and And she's just like, but then she, she won't share in the chores at all. And she's exerting her dominance is what she's doing really. So I don't know if I like it. I I don't really, she's, she's very clearly possessed of the idea that
1: she's in charge.
0: She's well, yeah, she is in charge, but she's also like better than them. She's not, she's not going to share in the camp chores like everyone else. Right. Right.
1: Yeah, which is also something that's like grading on Perrin It's also right. why, why he's so frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So they are in Jara now. Yes. Um. So they they do go to an ed an inn. Sorry. And Simeon, there's the innkeeper. I believe his name is Simeon. Um. You know, he's he explains there have been several weddings there, like every day every night there's weddings going on um and they asked Plague. he
0: calls them a a plague of weddings
1: (laughs) which is an interesting way to describe them but yeah there's there's tons and they they ask him about rand and he's like oh yeah he's been playing the flute for all of the weddings and he took off in the middle of the night and Mm -hmm. headed east um so you know Perrin kind of lets Moraine know this information also explains, explains to her that Simeon has a brother who, who needs help. So they end up going with him to, to go see his brother gnome. Um, and Simeon explains to him that gnome's been saying he can talk to wolves, um, but Moraine's like, I can't, I can't heal him. There's nothing in him that is, that recognizes that he is a man not a wolf essentially um which is a little bit sad and Perrin's like you know he tells Simi that there's nothing we can do for him and he should just let his brother go be with the wolves at this point yeah so
0: well this is this is a huge this this chapter is actually very foundational for Perrin yeah actually this is Um,
1: this is big especially when you factor in the fact that Perrin has no he's figuring it out by himself
0: right well so in terms of the series i don't know if there's a chapter that he thinks back to like a a scene that he thinks back to more than Mm -hmm. gnome right here because he sees gnome as what he could be he's a cautionary tale of if i let the wolves in then i'll become like him like they'll take over i'll become a a wolf in Mm -hmm. a human's body
1: right and i mean we saw this in the earlier chapters where he was trying to shut it out like he realized he was using his the wolf like the wolf senses without even trying to use them so now he's deliberately trying not to use them Mm -hmm. so he's he was already before he even you know met gnome was already trying to do this so it's almost like not only is it a cautionary tale but it's almost like a little bit of validation for him Mm -hmm. so
0: yeah i think yeah i think it's it's a scary thing for perrin he doesn't know what to think yeah poor guy
1: feel for him feel for perrin um okay so in the next chapter which is chapter nine the last one we're going to talk about um wolf dream so he exactly what what you just said he's basically wondering if he's going to turn into gnome if that's his future and he's asking Moraine this and she's like look like i don't i don't really know the there are a few books written about it but they're so vague there's not a lot of known stuff um there's stuff from the age of legends but even then it wasn't known um it
0: wasn't gnome
1: no it wasn't gnome um, but, but she's, she points out to him that dreams are going to be a dangerous place for him because wolves can, can come to him in his dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, and he can exactly what he said, be consumed by it and become, become a wolf trapped in a human's body. So he wants her to shield, to shield him, And she's like, I can't, like, it's not going to work. And there's this whole joke about, you know, him being a warder and he doesn't want to be a warder. And she's, you know, saying she's not a green aja, she wouldn't have more than one warder anyway, even if he wanted to do it, um, which is ridiculous. But um, but yes, but she's explained to that the reason why it wouldn't work anyway is because these dreams are coming from within him, so she can't shield him from himself, essentially. Um, so yeah.
0: So the then this is important too. I, I guess one thing I, I will say is uh <clears throat> We need to we need to pay it like so. I don't I, I don't love the dream parts exactly, but mm-hmm. uh, pretty soon we're going to be introduced to uh, I mean the dream theme. Gosh, mm-hmm. I'm trying to rhyme here, but <laughs> uh, it doesn't go away really. Like this this is something that perpetuates throughout right. throughout the series actually, and so uh, but it, but it gets more interesting as well. It right. stops it stops being him him just like experiencing random chaos it's it's like he's actually able to start start interacting a little bit more with his dreams and that's that's what becomes interesting so Mm -hmm. um you know her talking about the you know the world of you know him being in dreams and stuff it's uh this is this is kind of foreshadowing for a pretty important part of the the series in fact Mm,
1: interesting um yeah and i mean well we see it so he he ends up going to to bed and having a dream and he dreams about hopper and even Mm -hmm. even even in this dream like he's dreaming and hopper's there and he's like oh but hopper's dead like right so he's obviously you know i don't want to say conscious in his dream but he's aware of enough like Mm -hmm. to to know hopper can't be there because hopper's dead um but there is so hopper's there he's telling him to to run and there's a man there this man gets killed there's a beautiful woman there as well which i was wondering if that's lance fear
0: i think that we're meant we're at the very least meant to think it is
1: right um and then hopper ends up attacking perrin like when he doesn't run and he he wakes up and he's got blood on him. And at first you you think it's his blood because Hopper attacked him. Um, and then he, he concludes that it's it's the man from the dream that was killed. Um, that he's got his blood right. on him. Um, yes. Yeah, kind of gross. A little, a little gross. And then at the very end here, we, we go back to Rand. So Rand Rand ran away. Ran, ran, ran away
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh he's sleeping against this tree and this you know this dog is coming towards him and he just channeled <laughs> a beam of light at it and destroys the dog which is great um but he's really trying to get to tear to find out if he is a dragon or not um and he knows these dogs are so are watching him and coming after him
0: yeah so you're you're sad about the dog, it sounds I am. like.
1: I am a really little um, sad about the dog.
0: I'll, I'll just say this, and maybe it probably isn't going to sway you, but you just shouldn't feel sad about the dog.
1: Okay. I'm not swayed yet.
0: It's fine. I'm not going to say more right now, but I know it's a. Well,
1: okay. So it's it's actually a dog. It's not a wolf, right? It's not a wolf. Okay. Just, just check it
0: um we'll find out later in this book you'll see you'll see it's a okay. uh, you'll at some point you'll be like oh okay 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 so you'll right. yeah, get there don't worry
1: right. um okay so that's that's everything that's the prologue and the first nine chapters
0: all right the whole nine huh
1: the whole nine
0: uh, so who's the mac
1: but so first I was like, oh man, like Rand is kind of annoying because he just runs away from his problems.
0: Well, he's not uh, running away though. He's, wow.
1: he's running away.
0: Well, uh, he's specifically going to Tyr.
1: Right, he is, but he's also running away from his problems. He's not solving them.
0: Mm, I think he's, he's, he's trying he's, to solve them.
1: He's being reckless.
0: Hmm. That's your take on it. Um, so you think he's the Mac then?
1: Well, I don't know because Moraine also kind of really annoyed me in this bit. She's being yeah. really I found I thought she was being really vague. Mm-hmm. She's always really vague, but she just I don't know, she just bugged me this these first few chapters.
0: Well, she like taunts Lan about, you know, mm-hmm. about Morel and the package and
1: She's not helpful at all, really, with Perrin.
0: She just gets grumpy. She's, uh, mad. Rand's doing this thing. Uh, right. She's going to do this. Like, she's all passive-aggressive. Yeah, I, I would pick Moraine. She's right. easy, in fact, to choose. She's, she's an easy mark.
1: Right. So, Moraine.
0: Yeah, screw her, man.
1: Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, and, may,
0: and also maybe the hound
1: or no, the dog. So- The dog, the dog at the end. Okay. No. Just kidding. (laughs)
0: Uh
1: okay. So next week we'll cover chapters 10 to 19. Okay. Right? Yeah. All right. Uh any other final thoughts? I
0: don't know. Let's uh let's start watching shows pretty soon. We could start start diversifying the show a little bit, huh?
1: Yeah, we'll figure one out to start with. Awesome.
0: Cool. Yeah, I think we're good, Sarah.
1: I think so too. Good. Talk. Um, so thank you everybody for listening. May you always find water and shade.